Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast. We are in a brand new year, so let's talk about it. Pastor Rod, how do you approach a new year? Um, I've learned over many years how to approach a new year, and it's based around a Bible verse. It just says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I want to approach every new year like it's a gate. You know, gates can be a physical gate or a spiritual gate or an emotional gate. Uh, and I, I, New Year is probably the clearest gate in, uh, in, in, the, in the heart. Um, it's just a, a moment everyone's talking about new, new year, new mm. year's resolution, new opportunities. And I just use this scripture in my own life. Lord, it's a, it's a gate. It's a new opportunity. And I want to walk it through with thanksgiving in my heart. And so that's the way I approached, which is a bit of forgetting the hardships of the last year, remembering the good things in the last year, but then into the future with a sense of thanksgiving. And I, I really do look forward to New Year's Eve um, each year as you know, as we go through it and the countdown. And, um, you know, Viv and I are not so much on the cold streets of Tokyo anymore <laughs> at our age, but uh, we're at home rejoicing, praying, um, you know, talking about, you know, maybe not so much goals. We, we, we don't talk about specific goals, but just talking about a great future, a positive right. entrance, and then um, seeking God in, in His Word, just, just for, a, for a key scripture, a key thought, an old thought. But it's, it's, you can see it's full of hope. It's full of uh, future. It's full of thanksgiving. That's how I approach each year, and that's what I would do each, like, continuing on as well. Mm. Yeah, it does feel like it's like not even just a Christian thing. It's like a, a I don't know, like a, a, yeah. a cultural thing where it's there's an optimism with a new year. Yeah. Like something new could happen. And uh, yeah, I guess that's also biblical too. We see scriptures around God doing new things. And yeah, um, I, yeah could you speak to that maybe a little bit from the Christian perspective? Well, I think that, as you said, the whole world is looking forward to something. There always is, you know, uh, you know, reports of fireworks and everything. So there's definitely an up. There's a, there's an up moment in the whole world. But um, with New Year's resolutions, something very interesting is I think it's something like you know, ninety eight percent of New Year's resolutions have failed by February each year. You know, mm. so February's <laughs> so the down month. <laughs> yeah. So there's an intention. There's an intention to change to grow. Uh, but does it actually happen by February? They they say that you know, like a lot of people buy um, exercise machines for for January or for Christmas. Gym and memberships, gym yeah. memberships. But by February, it's uh, they're for sale on Craigslist or something. <laughs> um, and I think even Christians have that that same problem. I just think we've got to learn how to make goals, which is a different area. But I think as believers, which is your question, what do we do? Is I think we have to maintain hope. Um, I think hope is one of the greatest values that we can ever have. You know, it says that yeah. these three things remain, love, faith, and hope. And sometimes we talk a lot about love and faith, but not so much about hope. But I'm a great person who believes in hope, in God, in God. So, it's a, a godly expectation that something's going to happen. The best is yet mm. to come, that, that mm. things can get better. And I know a lot of people will say, well, what if they don't? But then I'll come back and say, but what if they do? And so it's maintaining hope through ups and downs. It's not a crazy denial hope, 
denial hope would be even though things are horrible, everything's great. I don't mean that. I just mean I'm hoping that with God things can get better and and maintaining a daily prayer into that is how I deal with not just the 1st of January but the 1st of February. So um, I have a great faith and a great hope in this concept of entering gates with thanksgiving, maintaining gates with thanksgiving. I actually uh, learned this through, in, as a young married man, and you might have heard me talk about this, but um, as a young married man, I wasn't a pastor. I was a salesman, and um, which I enjoyed. I used to sell pharmaceuticals, go out every day to doctors and clinics and hospitals. It was a good job, but very tiring. And every day I'm presenting and I'm, I'm doing my best to, to make sales and, and do well for my company. But I used to come home tired and um, would come in and, and you know, Viv, Viv who, who also was working, but, you know, we came home and talked. But I was very uh, tired and, and not talkative. And, you know, mm. she'd say, let's have a cup of tea. And as a foolish man, I would say, oh, I'm really tired. I just want to rest. And then I would realize that she wasn't very happy. And, um, and th- this scripture, enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, was the breakthrough. I just read it and I thought, you know, why not enter the gate of your house every night with thanksgiving in your heart? Like, yes, you're was tired. Was that taught to you or did you – that was your own real, like, just Bible reading and revelation? My own, my own revelation. I, I can actually physically remember walking up to the front door, thinking tired, and then off that scripture just clicked. I must have been journaling it, thinking it, and mm. thought, why not this door? And um, it was uh, – because it doesn't actually say the temple door or the church door. It just says, enter his gates. And this was my daily gate. And so, yeah, it was just a personal revelation. I thought, I'm going to go in and with thanksgiving. So, open the key, open the door. Thank you, Lord. And, and went and welcomed my wife. Hi, honey. How was your day? And – you know, I think she was a bit surprised and um, only later did I reveal to her probably why I had this revelation. Just come in, hi, how are you? And let's have a cup of tea, which is her love language, is cup of tea. <laughs> mm. and, and that didn't mean all night we had to talk because that would be unreasonable, I think, in a marriage to think every night you're going to come home and talk for hours. But, you know. Um, talk through through times and things, but that first five minutes, the first ten minutes, Thanksgiving in my heart, and it just really did something in my marriage. It did something in my own heart. It was a revelation about sales. It was a revelation about life balance. That people actually could have a hard day, and then actually walk through a an emotional mental gate, and be full of Thanksgiving again. So that's where it started and it just made me and, – and there was another thing that's a little bit strange with this is that as a salesman, I would train myself to smile before I would walk into the doctor's office and mm. be – as a Christian, I'd say, Lord, I want to be a, a breath of fresh air. I want to be a positive person. So going home and not doing that, that again, I was challenged. Why would you come home and not smile and, and yeah. like, like why would you give your best to people that don't know you and give your worst to your wife? Or your kids. Mm. That that was the the full revelation of this whole thing. Mm. And so coming home and hi, honey, how was your day? And giving my best to the best person in my life. Um, but it became bigger than just my marriage. It became my, my job. I'd mentioned that, and it became church. Uh, then I became a pastor, and every Sunday I walked through the gates. Hi, Lord, it's going to be a great day. It, it, it was a trigger. 
a door became a trigger. This is the scripture. This is the one. It's it's Psalm 100 verse, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I mean, that is such a positive scripture, isn't it? Mm. And it's not saying if you feel good or you had a good day. It it doesn't give it's, – it's not saying that. It's just saying, hey, enter gates, give thanks. So <laughs> I'd like to pass that on to you and anyone. I think it's a great – concept. So, getting back to New Year's, I added it to my New Year concept. This is going to be a great year and even if things were going wrong or hard, it's going to be a great year. I'm full of hope. Uh, It could be the best year ever. Um, I'm believing it could and um, it's a bit different than goal setting. It's attitude setting, isn't it? It's really, I'm going to approach this year with you know, like, like right now, 2023 is going to be the best year of my life. Yeah. Um, and I want to want to believe for that. Can I ask back to the, the, the like family stuff, like coming into your house after you'd had that revelation, what, did it take you time to, to build consistency in that or we, or, or did you kind of change overnight with that? Yeah, I changed overnight. Um, it was a revelation. Wow. It, it was it was a light bulb moment, a ding, light bulb moment. You know uh, that that those cartoons, a little light bulb above your head. Like, why wouldn't you do this, dummy? That was this to me. I'm speaking to me, mm. right? Yeah. Hey, dummy, why didn't you get this before? But it it needed God's word to enter so deeply into my heart, and to see how it affected me. Like, I felt great, and and my relationship with my wife was just better, and uh, Viv Viv appreciated it. I don't think she realized at first what had happened, but it was it was consistent, which is your question. It was mm. it was sustainable because it was now my revelation. Now again, let me say it's not like talking actively for hours because I couldn't do that. But mm. it was that first part of meeting Viv, cup of tea, how was your day? Set off uh, a great night, um, and so when when you see that 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 power of an attitude, um, it was consistent and I still do it to this day. Key in hand, front door. I don't, like, I don't, it's more organic now. I don't say enter his gates with thanksgiving like as a scripture, yeah. but it's now organic that the key in the door means hello, hello door, hello house. It, it, and again, I don't even think that. It's just organic. It's just, it's just what I do. I am. Mm. I am that person now. And I've been married now for 37 years this month or last month. And so, um, do I still do it? Yeah. At church? Yeah. I just do. Well, I've, I've never seen you enter a room badly. <laughs> well, it's organic. But I, I wasn't always that way. Um, I, I, I certainly wasn't that way before I was a believer. I was depressed and selfish uh, before I became a believer in Jesus. Um, that's another whole story, but I was. I was a really depressed young man at 19 who found Jesus and I found hope. And being married was now five, six years later. I was I was getting better and better and better for those five or six years, let me tell you. Right from the beginning of my faith in Jesus, I was getting better. But I specifically remember my marriage. I specifically remember that moment of why would I not give the best moments to the best person in my life, which mm. is Viv. Um, and that scripture was definitely a revelation 
scripture, door, change life, change moments. Why wouldn't you add this to your life? Mm. Yeah, because I like even with kids, like especially little kids, like you can grumpy dad walking into the room versus fun dad. Yeah, like there's just a you you change the whole tone of what what happens next. Totally, this is yeah. so true, and it's so easy, right? Because it's just that moment click attitude. Yep, hey kids, let's play let's play some Mario Kart, which was one of the highlights of my life playing Mario Karts with my kids. <laughs> Um, we we have two boys, and so that was a lot of Mario Karts. But if it was little girls, I'm sure I would have been fine with the playing with them, whatever they wanted to do. Maybe it was Mario Karts too, but you know, whatever. Um, that that happy dad, happy dad, mm. and I think happy dad, happy mum. And I'm not talking about being fake. You know, if if your family's in crisis, you got to deal with it. Mm. But this attitude change will even help that, and. Um, you know, your kids, they know if there's hard times. You don't have to, you know, fool them all the time. But uh, sometimes you do, actually, to tell you the right. truth. Sometimes you, it's let me shielding say them, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's not their responsibility to know some of the hardships or most yeah. of the hardships we have. Yeah. Um, so that click, go in, hi, kids, how are you? Um, life is good. Dad's good. Mom's good. Uh, Jesus is good. We'll help your children be well-adjusted. I do believe that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this, 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 this is great advice, like just how you enter a room for anything, like work and client meetings or yeah, yeah any kind of leadership role. Or, yeah, it's great. So, you've applied that to the year. Yeah. This is a gate that yeah. we're all coming through. And, uh, and, and, and that scripture is well. still in my mind every New Year's Eve. Enter this gate with thanksgiving in your heart, Rod, for for you, for Viv, for your kids, for the church, for the family, for like, like this is great advice um, and give thanks. Um, even though there could be some hard things, still, that's the best way to enter a year, right? Mm. Really yeah. is. If you've, for the person who is listening and is thinking, that sounds great. I would love to think that way, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm still like neck deep in my problems from last year. Um, how, how do I get out of that and, you know, that kind of place uh, mentally and, or yeah. even emotionally? Um, as I said, it, for me, it was a revelation. It was okay. really deep in my heart, uh, that, that light bulb moment. And I just would pray for people that even in a difficult moment, we can have moments of relief when we think about God, when we give thanks. There's a great scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, about 17, 18, 19. It just says, you know, um, pray continually, re- rejoice always, pray continually, um, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. It's, it's just like little, little staccato, bomb, 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 three little bits of advice um, that sort of sound hard, but they're attitudinal and they're hard. And I, I just think we have to attack our, our negative brain. Um, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying like get over it. That is not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is we must start to attack bad, bad thinking because it doesn't help anybody. Um, but before Jesus, I had terrible thinking. After Jesus, I had improving thinking. 
and of course, over time, it's got very good thinking. Mm. Um, and I look back to what I used to be and what I am now, and I want to say this is better, but it was hard work. To, to, when you become a believer, your heart is changed. Your, your nature is changed. You are a new person, a new man, new birth. It's supernatural, a new son and daughter in God, but my brain is not renewed. The potential to change is renewed. The power of the Holy Spirit in me is renewed or is, is there, but I now, I now must attack bad thoughts. And, you know, it says in Romans 12, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed is that Greek word metamorphosis. What we talk about the grub turns into a butterfly is our word metamorphosis. It's, it's that process of chemical change in a grub. Well, I was a grub and um, I'm starting to become a butterfly. And um, But the, the point is there is a supernatural change that we need to commit our thoughts to the Lord. We need to commit to change. It doesn't happen overnight. The new birth happens overnight, but the change of thinking takes effort, time, mm. journaling or Bible reading, worship. That, that sounds like a bit of effort, and it is. It, it's a commitment to saying, I want to be better. I want to have better thinking. And so, when we read the scriptures, like that one, Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates, it was a revelation. It was something I could hook onto. It was something that grabbed me. I said, yes, I want this. And the Holy Spirit within me was helping me to change my attitude. That's what we're talking about, I think, here is a constant process of change to the better. So, if someone's going through a hard time, I would say, let us pray with you. Let us help you. We're not trying to make you get over it. But mm. certainly, we want to help you have some tools in your toolbox of your heart that there's hope. Because if there's no hope that this can get better, that's a terrible place, isn't it? That's it's like, almost to be in a depression. bad place with no hope. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not an expert, but I'd almost define it as that. Like depression is you've lost hope. Like tomorrow yeah. can't be better. Yeah. And agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Hope is what gets hope. you out of that. Hope. Um, I want to be a person of hope. I want to be a father and a husband of hope. I want to be a pastor of hope. I want to be a friend of hope. There's something very beautiful in that word, and hope. Is not just hope in hope. Hope is in Jesus. Hope is in his word, his power, his presence, his destiny. Hope in future. Hope in promises of God. Mm. Um, it's not hope in hope. It's not a hope. It's I hope it gets better. It's hope. I hope I can get better with God's help and God's word, right? So just to clarify that. But yeah, without hope, that's why a lot of people um, are so sad is they haven't got a sense of hope. And I want to say, even to the, any unbelievers hearing this, you can have hope in God. He created you. He has hope in you. Just take a hold of him and hope can start to come into your life. Christians who might be hearing this and have given up hope, they're hopeless. I don't mean hopeless people, but they're without hope, hopeless. Mm. Take a hold again. Get back to a scripture again. Get back to a promise again. Get and I'm not telling you what to do. I guess I am, but it's just, it's from a pastoral heart. I'm saying this, come on, like you mm. can do this. 
you can grab a hold of hope again. And this could be the best year in your life, even if it starts poorly, troubled. With hope and with God's help, it could turn around and just might. Mm. Yeah, hope is so different to just positive thinking, although there's certainly benefit to thinking positive, but yeah. it's anchored in the super, in a supernatural God yeah. who, who can make anything happen and even, you know, make the, like the story of Joseph, which he just kept getting smashed by life and uh, God just kept flipping it into something wonderful. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, in our church, we talk a lot about Jeremiah 29, 11, and I, I think that's really impacted me personally yeah. uh, in my lowest points is to an- anchor myself in God's good plan. His plan yeah. is good. Well, let, let's and just, that is let's, hope. Well, let's just, uh, that, that scripture from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, this is God speaking. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. And I think I've used that scripture in every country I've ever been to as a a positive. And, and people actually stop and think, which is just what you said, Richard. It actually is a beautiful, beautiful concept of destiny, hope. God has a good plan. Really? God has a good plan, but why all these bad things? I don't know, but God still has a good plan. I just, it's powerful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's not my plan. And because and I see no way out of this situation, but that's okay because it's, it's God's plan. Yeah. And it's a good plan. And even yeah. though I'm in a bad place right now, yeah. his plan is for me is good. So it's like up. It's like the future looks up, even though I can't explain it. And, and based off of built on a supernatural God that doesn't mm. change. Mm. It's, so, it's so superior to just positive thinking. Yeah. Um, I, I remember a few years ago when um, before COVID, Hong Kong was having a difficult time with protests and whatever. We had this discussion and we said, what sort of church should we be? And the answer was a church of hope. And then COVID, what sort of church shall we be? A church of hope. And I think you've built that. From that scripture and then from mm. being a leader of hope, it's now organic, isn't it? It really is. You, you, you are a person of hope. Mm-hmm. And that's why that scripture is so powerful because it gives you a little hook to tell others as well. Like mm-hmm. here's one scripture that summarizes a lot of our thinking. Here's a good God with a good plan. And, and it's, it's like a strength. Like hope seems so soft, but it's so not. It's it. A person with hope is like unstoppable. Yeah. They will just keep getting up again mm. and again and again. They're tenacious people. And it doesn't really it it doesn't really feel like those two things go together. But I think that is the byproduct of being hopeful. You believe yeah. that the future can be good because God said it. Mm. And so I'm not giving up. I'm not yeah. I refuse to stay down. Sure. Um, not because I'm going to solve this because I've got no answer. Like, I, I think that's a really powerful concept. Yeah. Um, we, we could, we could yeah. even call this, this podcast today the surprising power of God's hope, the surprising mm-hmm. power of hope. And so, if people can enter into a new year with the surprising power of hope, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to set us up straight away for better things. 
Um, and also the power, you know, the power and the persistence to go through the hard times. It's setting us up for good times and bad times. Mm, absolutely. And and I just love this the supernatural part of it where it's like something miraculous could happen. Yeah. And and I don't I don't have to stress over how. How will this problem be solved? Like I don't know. I, I don't know how to get out of this, but I just know I just trust God. Mm. Like and it's it's all anchored in yeah, in that in that confidence and I guess his character. I guess you gotta yeah, you got to kind of know what is God like? Is he truly good? Like, is he yeah. good to us? If you doubt the character of God, like, oh, did did God send COVID or something? Is, you know, like if, if we come down into those kind of thinking where it's like God sends bad stuff, um, that's, that's probably hard to be hopeful if you believe God yeah. is yeah. not good towards us. Well. Yeah, and, and that's why we've got to have a couple of little scriptures to to help us, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, he says, "My plans are good, not for evil." Little 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 bracketed little phrase, not for evil. The God's plan is not the evil part. And you think, well, where's the evil from? And the Bible says, well, there's a devil, and he has a bad plan. The problem is when Christians get those two twisted or mixed up, and say, "Is that is, was that bad thing from God? Was that?" And, and we get it twisted. There's a great scripture as well, just to throw in another scripture. Um, John no 10, 10, where Jesus says, the devil, or says the thief, comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the overflow. And it's a little one one verse. It's like, get your theology straight. You know, where's the stealing, killing coming from? Well, the thief, the devil. Where's the goodness coming from, from God? So, yeah, when we clear, clarify that, it actually will also help us to fight evil or fight bad things rather than accept bad things and, um, and be an agent for God's good plan. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I guess we can kind of out of that then maybe make some good decisions that might lead towards some good yeah. habits at the beginning yeah. of the year and maybe we yeah. can talk about that more in another episode. But Sure. I think I think goal setting comes out of this re- this revelation of hope. If if goal setting is just a series of things to get better, it, it well we know it doesn't last. I think what I say ninety eight percent of all New Year's resolutions are gone by the first of February. Now I don't know if that's true, but a lot, mm. in, including Christians, if it's not a deep revelation. Um, and I've done it too. I'm not you know we're not critical of anyone. I've, we've done it too. Um, I've had some great goals that didn't happen. Um, but I've had some great goals that did happen and they happened because, of, yeah, we could talk about goal setting and, and what's really important and priorities in goal setting on another video. But we are talking today about this attitude of thanksgiving, of hope, the surprising power of hope, God's word, holding on to God's word. This is the way we enter the year. It's going to be a better year. It's going to be a good year. Mm. And then so what what would you say to people that say well yeah I I entered last year hopeful and then got smashed like w- does that mean like w- what would you say to that like yeah it wasn't good the outcome say, wasn't good I'd say yeah well that was 2022 this is 2023 and it sounds a bit blasé but it's the best way to live it's like I wake up every morning um with it's another gate actually a morning is another gate which again, is organic. I'm not waking up saying another gate, you know, it's not like that. But just waking up another opportunity 
And every day, I've always, whether I was a, I, I did, I've done three things. I was a fireman, I was a salesman, and a pastor. And and as a, as a believer in all three of those jobs, I learned to wake up and say, today's going to be a great day with God. Lord, I want to grow today. I want to learn something today. So I think sometimes tough times are preparation for good times. Right. And sometimes we've got to learn some lessons for the good times. You know, I, I even get back to marriage and you think, well, if I was had got married as a jerk, it, it, it would have been a tough marriage. For me. I'm the jerk, right? Not not Viv. I'm, but I had to go through some hard times to lose, lose some of that jerkness and, uh, before so I got married. As a married, single person, you mean, right. Yeah. yeah. I had to lose some of that. So, and some of that was really hard, right? I know you would, you would say the same. Um, yeah. But that hard time was a pruning process, a, a cleansing process, a healing process. And some years are like that. And Jesus said that. He, he said, you know, there's going to be a pruning. But the pruning is that you are more fruitful. This is in John 15. The pruning has a purpose. So a hard year, and I'm not saying every hard year is a pruning from God. I am not saying that. But the the change in me is the pruning. The Better attitude is the pruning. Th- those things I can honestly say are from God. So hard times, I'm not saying are from God, but so I think someone wrote a book saying, "Don't waste your sorrows. You know, don't waste your hard times. Learn from the hard times. Get the lessons from the hard times, so you don't have to ever go through something again." Um, it's like I have two little boys. Monty and Richie. Monty was the little boy that you say, don't touch the iron, the hot iron, and he would touch the hot iron um, when you weren't around. Uh, not, not that we would leave the hot iron in the same room as him, but it just, sure. you know, it, it's going to happen when you turn around. Richie was the kid that saw Monty touch the hot iron and, and, and go, ouch. And Richie learnt before he touched the hot iron. So we're all different how we learn, right? <laughs> in life, as adults, we are all different. And I guess the thing is, let's learn as fast as we can and let's not touch the hot iron as well to know when God says, don't do something, that's going to lead to bad things that we learn that. So again, in hard times, I think we can learn a lot of things and head to a better future. The best is yet to come. God has a plan. God has a destiny. All those thoughts, if we hold on to it in the hard times, I think we're going to get through the hard times better and faster. And even with the that scripture Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, uh, like when it says plans for good, it's like sometimes I think we can equate that with comfort. Right, like comfort is good. Like yeah. it's going to be easy year. Mm. That's not what that no. that's never been the promise. In fact, looking at the people in the Bible, a lot of them had some real struggles, and some of them, you know, ended in death. Like that. Mm. Uh, we, we we might say, well, where's the good plan there? But the the good plan's eternal. It's not. Yeah. It's not even just limited to this lifetime. Right. It's the. It's what happens when we get to heaven and the reward yeah. and. Yeah. There's a bigger picture there, but that means that this year might not not necessarily be comfortable. Mm. Um, but totally. it can be good. You know, I, I think we're honest in this in our preaching too. We often say, you know, life's not easy. In fact, it's full of really bad stuff. But it. It can be good. Marriage is not always easy, but it, it can be good. And I think that's the difference. We're not saying everything's easy. Comfort is the word you use there, totally. But we're learning, growing, and it can be really good. 
And yes, the afterlife is the, the best life. Our best life is not now. Our best life is called heaven. Yeah. And, and it would make sense. It's, it makes logical sense for God to optimize around what leads to a good eternity because yes. we're there for so much longer mm. than we are here on yeah. earth and anything that leads to reward there, just, it just makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, if we, if we build around that. So, mm. okay, cool. We'll get, these are some very big pictures. <laughs> topics here yeah but i think it's it's about preparing our heart for the the new things that god Mm -hmm. wants Mm -hmm. to do this year whether it's easy or hard yep totally so every new year new gate every new morning for me new gate what if it's not which is the question you're asking my answer Mm -hmm. is yeah but there's always tomorrow Mm -hmm. it sounds like a cop-out but it's not it's an attitude Mm -hmm. you know something good could happen today but if it doesn't could happen tomorrow so it's staying in hope and what's the alternative? Like the, the alternative, alternative to that good. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no other option. No. Is you is you gotta give tomorrow a chance or Yeah. And so I'm excited about today and mm-hmm. I'm excited about tomorrow. And I'm excited about two thousand and twenty three. Mm. It's gonna be a good year. There's some things we went through in two thousand twenty two. We don't want to go through them again. But we've learned, we've grown, we're, 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 we've settled some things and we're heading stronger into 2023. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, maybe we should end it there and in the future episodes, we can get into some more practical stuff, uh, habits and all that kind of stuff. So, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Pastor Rod, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.